It was so revolutionary that the genre it influenced was referred to by its name for years to come. It helped pioneer technologies that we often take for granted these days, including network multiplayer, online distribution, and the concept of modding games. Hell, it even pioneered 3D graphics. It's a game that began a series to last the ages, becoming the spawn point for at least a dozen games, some novels, a number of comic books. Hell, there's even a couple of movies based around it. And most importantly, it was just fun. Its levels were veritable labyrinths filled with enemies coming after you in waves and never letting up. And to mow them down, you were giving an arsenal of guns. So many guns. Hell, one of them was literally called a big fucking gun. And if you're wondering why I keep returning to hell, it's because this series literally brought it to Earth. Back in 1993, the PC game Doom was all the rage. Are you curious just how popular it was and why? Do you want to learn about just how many technologies we have to thank this video game for? Or are you just interested in hearing what so many of you have to say about this game after all these years? We'll be discussing these topics and more as we take today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia Podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. For those of you that are new to our listening audience, each week we take a look back at important releases during the current week in gaming history, and we talk about them. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, who is the person in my life most likely to open a portal to hell, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, that's quite an introduction, wouldn't you say? That you would, Dave, but I mean, not so far off from being wrong. <laughs> I'm, you know, I gotta have fun. I gotta have fun with it. Hey, you tie it all together. That's called cohesion. Gotta have that for a good podcast. Cohesion. Isn't that what it's called? Sure. You know better than I do, English major. Yes, English speaker. You can pipe in. God, I carry this shit. My back hurts, just so you know. Oh, Good. you just, you know, you're asking me about words. You should know words better than I do. <laughs> I know words. Do you know video games, though? No, not, not a single one. Never played in oh, my life. God, then we're screwed. We, we can't carry the rest of this podcast at all, can we? No, I never well, do anyway. Pack up your bags, folks. That's it. We're done. We just, uh, well, thank you for listening to the 15th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Hope you enjoyed this trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Ba da ba ba. Oh, man. 1993 first person shooter Doom. That's a little before your time, isn't it? Uh, a few years. Have you played the original Doom? I have, yes. Where have you played the original Doom? Uh, pretty sure it was on one of your computers when you were in college. Mm. Did you play it that you know as the original Doom? Or was it like Final Doom or Doom 2 or Ultimate Doom 
or Doomsies? Do you remember? I thought it was the original, but I, I don't recognize half of what you just said. <laughs> Did you even know there were multiple ones before they made the new series? I mean, I knew because I'm pretty sure I also played Doom 3 on your computer, so I at least knew up to that. But the Z and the, the X and the, the no, Pui and all the other no, crap. There's no Doom Zs other than Rocket League. I'm just just in here. Oh. So. But there are but there are Doom 1, 2, and 3, and Final Doom and Ultimate Doom. Those are actual games. Right, I believe that, I played 1, 2, and 3 on your computer. There's actually like a dozen Dooms. There's a Doom RPG that was released for mobile phones, I believe. It's wow. kind of weird. I know. Well, you know, regardless of your experience with it, this is probably, and we say it again and again, but that's why we talk about them, this is one of the most significant games in history. You know, it, it's it's on all those lists of greatest games of all time. I'm not going to go through the numbers this time. I mean, we keep doing that. It's top 20 in a lot of them. But more importantly, we need to talk about why it's one of the greatest games of all time. You know what I mean? That we do. Do you think it's one of the greatest games of all time? I don't have nearly as much experience with it as you do, so I would have to default to you on this question. So, so what do you, you think? Not to not you. Not to me, no. See, but that's important to talk about because I think that as we progress through the games, that's that's a that's a key message that we need to keep conveying to people. We, you and I have a decade between us, and we have very different gaming history experiences. And there are people that, that go further back than I do that have different gaming experiences. Our memories and life and nostalgia are very much shaped by where in our lives we are when we experience things. And so Doom can come in different places for different people. <laughs> That's such a religious overtone. Doom can come for every people. But you know what I mean. Yep, that I do, Dave. I did play Doom when it first came out. Like everyone else, I probably picked it up as a shareware game somewhere. That's This game was released as shareware. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But it, it was released everywhere as the first episode. And then you could buy the rest of it online which was part of its marketing campaign, which was, which was awesome and, uh, you know, everything. But I did, and I played the original of this. Uh, there are elements that I don't remember. For instance, it had a multiplayer and a co-op campaign. I don't, I don't remember doing multiplayer. In fact, I don't think we got our... This was 1993, and we got our first, like, uh, Windows PC in 95. It was a Bell. Was it a Bell? 95, so I would have had this a few years later. Anyway, so let's talk about Doom. Do you know which company makes Doom off the top of your head? I would not be able to tell you that, now. No. So the company that makes Doom is called id Software. id Software has some famous names in it, like John Carmack. Do you know John Carmack? Nope. Or how about Romero? Does that name sound familiar? No, it does not. Man, there is so much like gaming history. These are the people. Ah, young whippersnappers. So id made a game called Wolfenstein 3D. Do we know Wolfenstein 3D? Uh, I haven't played it, but I know it, yes. What do you know about it? Uh, that it's the only thing I really know is that it's another Wolfenstein game and I'm assuming it was a 3D like a, a 3D version. 
as opposed to 2D at the time, maybe. I don't know. Was Wolfenstein so 2D originally? What's a Wolfenstein game? Uh, they're the ones in, like, the kind of like Nazi Germany. Well, it is Nazi Germany. Yeah. But yeah. you're, like, castle. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really it, all I know. No, nope, that's it. I've never it. played them. So Wolfenstein 3D was the granddaddy of 3D first-person shooters. It, it was it was it was the first, and it was wildly successful. I, I remember playing Wolfenstein 2 probably on a, if I'm not mistaken, I remember playing Wolfenstein on a computer in a classroom somewhere, which probably should not have happened. But we don't think about those things, or we didn't think about those things back then. Heck, this was before the ESRB. We we did a whole episode on what was it on? Controversial games. What was the game? Oh, Mortal Kombat, because Mortal Kombat brought forth the ESRB. You know, this was pre-that, so. But Wolfenstein was the granddaddy of 3D first-person shooters, but it is not the game credited with having the most influence. That game would be Doom. Literally, for years upon years, games that were built like this were called Doom clones. We've talked about games in the past that maybe didn't invent a genre, but they certainly became the influence of it, like Civilization. Civilization didn't invent the 4X genre, but it certainly is the game by which all other 4X games are held. For first-person shooters, 3D first-person shooters specifically, early on, Doom was the game that all first-person shooters were held to. So much so, like I said, that Doom clones became the thing. So it was a, a, a pretty recognizable company with some names behind it, including Carmack and Romero. And basically, after the success of Wolfenstein 3D in 92, the team wanted to work on a new 3D engine and, and wanted to develop a game to use it. As you can imagine, these are a bunch of computer and gaming geeks sitting in a room, pretty sweaty, right? You've been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yep. We can all envision it, right? Bunch of guys, long... I mean, these dudes are long hair, glasses, you know, think think late 80s, early 90s. So Carmack, John Carmack, proposed a game in which they were fighting demons. And this game was inspired by D&D campaigns that they get, these guys frequently played. So they wanted they wanted to fight demons like they did while playing Dungeons and Dragons. And their idea was to combine the styles of Evil Dead and Aliens. So Rob, based on what you know, can you kind of see how maybe Evil Dead and Aliens came together to make Doom? Uh yeah, that actually makes perfect sense knowing that now. <laughs> Do you like Evil Dead? Evil Dead is fucking great. <laughs> there, I finally even, found something. Even the Army of Darkness. Yeah, I love and that. that's a very controversial topic, but I will say even that one, for what it's worth, is still great. I completely agree. I think the Evil Dead series is awesome. And it was filmed in Michigan. Woo! Was it filmed I in didn't Michigan? know that, actually. I think it was filmed in Michigan. I know it I... takes place in a northern Michigan cabin. I think it was actually filmed there, too. Well, hey, that's pretty cool. If you're just joining us, Michigan is where we grew up. That's why we love things that happen in Michigan. So that brings us to the thought of the game. So alongside John Carmack and John Romero was a game designer called Tom Hall. And Tom Hall began to work on what is called the Doom Bible. So every game has a design book or should have a design book that, you know, uh, in proper game development, you basically write out everything, right? You write out the game engine you want. 
and the players and the platforms and the plots and the characters and the enemies. And you basically make out this this master list of everything that you want to put in a game. Now, not everything ends up in the game for sure, but you start out with basically writing a, a, a Bible or now they call them game design documents that the game are. Well, for Wolfenstein, they didn't really have something like this. And so they just made a game. And so Tom Hall wanted to make a Doom Bible because he didn't want Doom to be a game that had no plot. Because arguably Wolfenstein is just, it's running around shooting Nazis. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. There's no, here's why I'm doing it. And there's no payoff for doing it. Other than I'm at the end of this place after shooting all these Nazis. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They got to work on this Doom Bible because they wanted a different game. So initially the concept was science fiction horror, aliens and evil dead, right? Yep. Where scientists were scientists on the moon open a portal from which aliens emerge. Mm-hmm. A- and over a series of levels, the player discovers that the aliens are demons. And the concept was that hell is going to infect the level design because the further you get into it, the atmosphere is going to be going to become darker and more terrifying, which I think is a really fascinating concept because when we talk about hell as a landscape for a game off the top of your head, is there another game that comes to mind? Dante's Inferno. That's a good one. How about another one? How about the biggest one, arguably, that takes place in hell? That's all right. It's Diablo. Ah, yes, Diablo. Of course. I know you don't. I, 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 because you don't really have experience with the series. Correct. Diablo takes place in hell, and it's really fascinating because this is the concept of Diablo too. Not that aliens come out of a portal that they're demons, but that you fight your way into hell to mur- to murder Diablo, and as you get further into it, the level design becomes darker and more terrifying. And that's exactly what I thought when I read, you know, when I, I read that about Doom is that it's Diablo. So it's kind of funny how things like that happen. So John Carmack was the idea person that did software. He was quickly becoming the guy that everyone wanted ideas from. So much so that at the time, the company debated taking out, quote unquote, important person insurance on him. Carmack didn't like this idea. Uh, the plot at all. In fact, he dismissed the idea of having any story at all. He was more focused on the game engine and all the improvements that they wanted to make to the engine because the programming of the technology was what was important to him. They were working on making a 3D engine, one of which that he was the concept. Of what his, So his idea was that he wanted a seamless open world for Doom. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. We've now we've talked about open world games quite a bit here, actually. We keep going back to them, but we've never obviously Doom is not a not an open world game, and therefore it's never been that conversation. But can you imagine that if Doom was made into an open world series, like how I don't even know if I can envision it to be honest with you, but it's such a fascinating concept. What do you, what do you think? It would be very interesting, kind of just roaming throughout hell, you know. Yeah. Would That's be pretty it. cool. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they couldn't make it work. The There were limitations to what they wanted to do, for technically limitations. You know, te- they, they with, with where we were technologically, with programming and computers, they couldn't make it work. So they had to change things. Mm-hmm. So based on this, the concept 
of the of the doom the concept in the doom for doom the doom bible changed tom hall changed the vision of the plot and here the plot became that the player character was assigned to a large military base on an alien planet at the start of the game he is the first of four he can be one of four characters the first of which is named buddy who played cards with the others while they were on the base, scientists accidentally opened a portal to hell through which dorm- demons poured through, killing all the other soldiers. Now we have card-playing military soldiers, and a portal gets open for demons. I, I don't really know how I feel about this one. Any, any input? Uh, card games are evil. I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Pretty yeah, weird. that's true. So if that was going to be the game, maybe they would make the cover of Doom like that dog's playing poker cover. So, But with... <laughs> with the doom guy and his friends (laughs) so it was about this time that id put out a press release and in this press release they touted many features of the game uh, many of which hadn't even been developed yet so they talked about multiplayer which was a concept they they talked about fighting demons while being knee deep in the dead which is really fascinating because the first episode of the game is called knee deep in the dead so that's obviously where they got that concept from you know but they were you know it's funny because now when i think about a game well let me ask you this let's talk about a game a modern game just off the top of your head of a game in which features were touted early on that never were released with the game at least at first Mm, sounds a lot like uh, No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I play a lot of. So I, I think that's funny. You know, that even back in 1993, people were still out there, you know, bragging on features of a game that they had no business opening their mouth about. <laughs> no Man's Sky. But as they went through the fa- this phase, this changing phase, there were other elements that they originally decided on that they had to get rid of. Originally, there were score points and a scoring system. There was a complex user interface that had inventory. There was a secondary shield protection. Heck, there were lives. You know, there really isn't a, 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 a live system, a, a system of lives in here. You know, all this stuff was scrapped through development. In fact, it wasn't long before everything in the Doom Bible was scrapped. Carmack wanted a game that was more brutal and faster than Wolfenstein, and he just didn't feel that a story was part of that concept at all. I mean, story be damned. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But it makes sense because if you look back to the original Doom, it's true. There really isn't a story. No, there's not. They, they throw you in the game and they make you go at it. I mean, we unfortunately now have, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years, 27 years behind it where we've filled in the gaps and there's other games in the series that have filled in the gaps but at the time all we were doing was running and gunning which was glorious but that's all we were doing (laughs) yeah that that was it we were making it all up as we went along so the doom bible was going and you know tom hall the designer who did the bible was also a level level designer and you know he was designing levels Probably more so like he thought they should be designed with the story in mind. And so nobody liked his level design and nobody liked his Doom Bible. And basically, you know, despite the fact that he was once a prominent member of id Software, it kind of led to a fallen out and he left. He left to go for uh, Apogee Software. Do you remember? You probably don't even know who they are, do you? Nope, I do not. Commander Keen. 
You know that game? Nope. Doesn't sound familiar. Okay, cool. They hired some people to replace Tom, some programmers and such, and they finished the game, which brings us to the release. Okay. You caught up so far? So far. Cool. As we go through the release, I want to talk about how influential Doom is technologically to gaming in general. All right? You you have some familiar familiarity with the game. Do you know what thing specifically Doom kind of invented? Uh that I can't say that I do. I mean, okay. I, I suppose it was probably the first of its time as far as the run and shoot kind of just fast paced play, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know for certain. Well, its release was one of the first things that it was was technologically unique about it. Doom was released through online distribution. It, it's probably one of the earlier games that, that was released this way. It had decided to self-publish the game, knowing that they could make the most money if they offered it direct to consumers. So they leveraged the shareware market to make this game make this game happen and popular. Rob, do you remember shareware? Or is that kind of... Do you remember shareware at all? Not by name, but maybe if there were titles or something. Well... So you remember demo discs? Yep. So demo discs is kind of sh- what shareware was. Shareware was everywhere. It was basically, I mean, the easiest way I can refer to shareware is is demo discs because these these companies and these magazines would put out these discs that would have twenty or thirty games on them, but they were only like the first level or the second level of the game. And the concept was shareware, where you would have the demo of the game and be able to play the first couple levels and then be able to pay to unlock the rest of the game or download the rest of the game or something like that. So That sounds familiar. And that practice that practice kind of extended itself into demo discs. So you probably don't remember many shareware games, do you? I can't say that I do. Man, shareware was freaking everywhere. I, I wish I could remember all the games I played in demos. I mean, there were... Doom Clones is an understatement. I can't tell you how many games I played that basically were Doom with different, that were basically Doom with different, I guess, I don't even know what we would call them nowadays, masks or or designs, or like they looked the same, they played the same, they felt the same, but they had different textures and different characters and different enemies, and like it literally felt like they take the same game and just put different design everything to it. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. There were a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of them. So Doom was released as a shareware game. What the marketing guy for it did was he offered the first episode of the game directly to retailers for free, allowing them to charge any price for it in order to in order to spur customer interest in ordering the full game online. I will tell you that while I was doing some research and looking for like early articles and reviews on Doom, I did see it advertised for like five dollars or six dollars. So imagine if you will you know you walk into a store and and the first episode uh, and we funny enough we do this nowadays don't we because we have episodic games the first episode of doom was nine levels you paid five dollars for nine levels and then when that was over you had the ability to pay well forty dollars was the full game so you had the ability to pay forty dollars to you know un- unlock episode two and episode three and and move on you know what i mean well that's pretty cool well, I mean, it's it sounds so commonplace now because it is. I don't know any other way to put it. It's so 
it, it's just it's a widely used practice right now, right? We we literally games are released in episodes all the time. You know, and we complain that games are released with not all of its content. And we do all these things like it's such a new and novel concept in gaming. But the truth of the matter is, is it was happening all the way back here in 1993. It's nothing new. It's just gaming as a hobby is bigger. It's more popular. It's in front of more people. It's it's more part of culture. And so it's just... And now we have information, obviously. 93 was still at the infancy of the internet. You know, the internet is literally in the palm of your hand nowadays. It's just everywhere. The point is, is it's just everywhere. That brings us to December 10th, 1993. The first episode of the game was uploaded to the internet on part of the University of Wisconsin Parkside's FTP network. And all at once, an estimated 10,000 people tried to download it, crashing their entire network. <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah they That's actually impressive. i know i know so online distribution you know one of the things that that doom and it's not the first it's not the last but one of the things that popularized and and, and made work was the concept of online distribution so next let's talk about the 3d engine it's interesting to note that doom isn't a true 3d game you know early first person shooters and the doom clone genre weren't true first-person shooters i think if i remember correctly one of the first true 3d games was descent hexen or i don't think quake quake might have been one of those games was the first true 3d but doom itself wasn't 3d do you remember playing doom or are you a little too far removed from having done it i don't remember it very well i just remember point and shoot but it wasn't quite point and shoot, right? Because you can't look up and down in the game. Do do you remember that concept? Yeah, it was just side to side. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's and that's the concept of Doom as a three D game. It, it, it's it's a game that is three D environments, but it has it, it's what we call a two point five D game for perspective. Because the reason why you can't go up and down is because it's not in true three D. The the enemies are actually fixed in perspective, so instead of imagine if you will the same way we take a picture right and if something's close to you it's large and it's right in front of you but if something's far from you it's small right yep and so in the concept of doom you're a fixed perspective both things are right in front of you but if they wanted to make the enemy seem like it was right up close to you it would be big but if they wanted to make the enemy seem like it was you know up a pair of stairs and all the way down they would make the enemy small but they're literally both right in front of you. Does, does that concept make sense? It does, Dave. So they, they basically tricked it to being looking like 3D, which is why you can't shoot up and down. Literally, no matter where the enemy is, they're right in front of you. It made some interesting things for level design. For instance, you can't actually... All the, all the enemies are basically dictated where they are on a 2D plane. And so you couldn't put levels on top of one another. It had to be one entire level through the plane. And so even when there are stairs, I don't remember if there's stairs in the first one, but even when you, you, when you quote unquote changed, what's the word? Elevation. For? Thank you. Even when you changed elevation, you were never actually changing elevation. It, it's a fixed plane. And it's, it, it, it's fascinating to me that they did that because it's, it's such a simple trick 
it made it feel like you were in 3D. I mean, we call Doom a, the, one of the earliest 3D shooters. And for all purposes, you were in 3D. You just weren't in true 3D. You you didn't have 3D movement. And that's also funny to me because 3D movement is like the main basis of any, you know, any gaming engine. You can download Unity or Game Maker or anything and, and get a 3D player movement module done up in like two seconds. Right. So modding. Did you ever have an opportunity to mod this game at all? Not a one. Not a one. I know we talked about modding recently when we talked about Skyrim. And in Skyrim, of course, you can mod the graphics and everything. But modding back then was really just creating new levels. Doom has what are called WAD files. <laughs> Used to make me giggle as a kid. Um, still makes me Still makes me giggle, obviously. No one wants to blow their WAD. But WAD stand for where's all the data. And the Doom engine was designed so that level design was in these WAD files. And they did that because they were super impressed with the way Wolf like users took the Wolfenstein and modified it. So they built the id tech one, which was which which is what the Doom engine's called now. They built the engine to put all the level data in these WAD files to make it super easy for users to make their own levels. And subsequently, there would be level design software in that. But I remember finding all these wads online. I mean, there were wads for crap, turning the game into aliens. And probably, God, there was probably wads for everything you could think of. Ghostbusters or Lord of the Rings are, I'm sure there were wads for freaking everything. But there were literally thousands of them. It's said that the id FTP repository has a fraction of them at 18,000 wad files that they managed to save. So even if you were, I know, even if you were done with Doom itself, you had 18,000 other levels out there that were, uh, that were created. So modding, right? Right. And that brings us to the part of Doom I don't have any experience with, which is networked multiplayer gaming. Apparently the rich, yeah, I know, right? I mean, that's, again, we, we take all this stuff for granted. Yes, I agree. Apparently, Doom had two to four player main campaign co-op. I never played it with anyone. I don't remember having that. It also had a two to four player deathmatch. You know, it's really fascinating because it's believed by a lot of people that the term deathmatch was coined here as as part of this game. I did not know that. Whether or not that's the case. I mean, even a person that gets credited with coining deathmatch you know, debates whether or not he coined the term deathmatch, but a lot of times it's it's attributed to it's attributed to Doom. Cool. Cool. Very, very cool. Which is John Romero, by the way. Ah. But Romero will tell you that he got inspired by Deathmatch for, you know, playing fighting games like Street Fighter 2 and Fatal Fatal Fury. A year after Doom came out there was online multiplayer on something called the Dewango Network, or the Dial-Up Wide Area Network Game Operation. I don't remember Dewango in any way, shape, or form. I'm not even going to lie. I looked it up. It's a gaming service that served mostly id games like Doom, Heretic, Quake, Hexen. But a little fun fact, it also allowed you to play Warcraft 2, among other people, which I did play online, but I don't think I played it on Dewango. Maybe I played it on Blizzard Net when the Blizzard Net became a thing. Couldn't tell you. I do I do remember the first gaming online network I ever played in. 
Microsoft had a gaming online network. I can't remember its name for the life of me, but Microsoft had a gaming online network. And the first time I remember playing online with other people, it was it was it was on that Xbox Live. <sighs> yeah, Xbox Live was freaking revolutionary. It, yeah. Okay. Well. So you've played Doom. Do you remember the plot at all? There was a plot. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about there not being a story, but there is kind of a plot. Okay, so instead of going through the whole plot, do you remember the main character? You were an army guy? Yeah, Space Marine. Do you remember his name? Doom Guy. Yeah, just Doom Guy. Really clever, huh? That it was. Doom Guy. I mean, we've kind of talked about it, all right? They're Space Marines. You know, they were security for uh, an aerospace corporation, and they were performing secret experiments uh, by creating gateways between the moons of Mars, and somehow they opened up uh, a portal to hell. And then they fight their way through the moons, through hell, I don't know, back on Earth, I think, in the last one. Eventually, there were four episodes to this game. I think on Final Doom or Ultimate Doom, they released a fourth episode, and I believe the fourth episode takes everyone back to Earth, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. There you go. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to talk about a plot when there is no plot, you know what I mean? Like, what's the plot of Doom? Well, Doom guy ran around and he shot demons. That's a plot to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's I mean, look it. how many people enjoyed the game, you know, like what more did it really need at the time? I know. So you shoot demons. Why are you shooting demons? Uh, because they're coming at you and they want to kill you and you don't want to die. It's a demon. Okay. You're just going to make friends with it. What the heck? All right. So I'm shooting demons and I don't want to die. Uh, what's next? Well, the demons, they don't stop coming at you. So you keep shooting them. and. As time goes on, the demons get bigger, and so to fight bigger demons, you have to get bigger guns, okay? So I get a bigger gun, then what? Well, then you kill bigger demons. That's it. Promise. I mean, I don't even know how the hell this thing made it through design phase, to be honest with you, because, like, that, there's no, there's no... Okay, so last week we talked about Pac-Man, right? Yep. And one of the big things to Pac-Man and its lasting popularity is that it it's such a good design it had a very specific purpose the whole game was around that purpose and it was designed to a t for that purpose and it was a wild success as a result correct correct here is the exact opposite right we have no purpose we have this i don't know tech demo that we want to present with all these cool technologies our cool 3d engine let's go well, Dave, that's where you're wrong. There is a purpose. What's the purpose? To shoot aliens and get bigger guns. <laughs> I know. It's the American dream. It's just so weird because it's literally the polar opposite. I mean, you just you go from such a well-designed, well-thought-out game to not. And both of them are insanely successful. And I don't know, man. I, I, I just I just don't know. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I don't know. <laughs> it's so silly. Doom wasn't everybody's favorite, though, was it? I would imagine not. No, I'm sure there are plenty of people who thought it was stupid. 
I don't know about stupid, but I would think that a game that was about shooting demons and running through hell, it was probably going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. You know, we talked about its predecessor Wolfenstein, and Wolfenstein wasn't always the greatest because, well, frankly, you're shooting Nazis, and Nazis just don't sit right with some people. So here's the next game where you're shooting demons and hell, and you have all this violence and gore and satanic imagery, and frankly, it pissed everyone off. Not everyone, but a lot of people. The people that you would expect to get butthurt by this type of game got butthurt by this type of game. But I mean, Big come surprise. on, you're killing demons. You're not, like, embracing their lifestyle and drinking blood with them. Well, you know, that's the really fascinating part that a lot of the the critics that are on our side of this debate go, is that people that criticize Doom didn't play Doom, because... If they did, they would understand that in no way, shape, or form did any of this get glorified. That we were trying to save Earth from demons. You think that, you know, Doom Guy should be dressed up as a priest trying to do that? Because essentially he took what, well, and this could be so controversial, but he took what religious figures do. And he literally made it a physical incarnate. Space priest. <laughs> I am so in trouble for that one. Uh, you know, in fact, Doom for the 32X, the Genesis 32X, it was the first game rated M for Mature by the ESRB. Because prior to that, we had had the T for Teens and Mortal Kombat and that, so. Well, that's a pretty great first. As we talked about, many religious communities criticized this game for its satanic overtones, and it dubbed it a mass murder simulators. And it didn't help in 99... When the Columbine Massacre happened, and the perpetrators of the massacre, they cited this as one of their influences. I remember when that happened. I, You were probably too young to remember the Columbine, right? Yeah, you'd be uh, I wasn't. Before. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I don't have any memory of it. That's too yeah. Young. yeah, you know, when it came out, and they this, it became a big conversation about how they were pointing the finger at video games. And, and this was, oh, they played Doom. No wonder they went out and shot up people. And... I remember there being news stories and talk about how, because this game was you could make your own levels, is that one of the guys, uh, Dylan Harris, made levels that resembled the Columbine High School. Oh. He didn't, though. They oh. never found any evidence of of a Columbine High School level. However, he did make a series of levels for this game, which are now called the Harris levels, which are found somewhere online. But he never made one that resembled the high school, as a side note. So that was just poppycock. Gotcha. Little poppycock. It was controversial, which probably helped it in a lot of ways, you know? Because anytime you have a controversial game, and we talked about this from Mortal Kombat, you have people that want to see what all the hype is about, right? And this game delivered. You know, it was a excellent first-person game. It, like we said, didn't invent it, but it defined it. We talked about it. So much so that you got all these Doom clones. Again, when it comes to shower games, I just remember so many games that looked and played like Doom. But I, I think it's really funny because I wanna, I want a moment to bring a moment. Do you remember when we talked about games that were found in cereal boxes? Yep. You know, one of them was made on the Doom engine. Like literally, it was an id tech engine. I talked about it. Do you remember the game I talked about that we were kind of making fun of? Negative. Was it the Check Crunch Man? Yeah, Chex Quest. Yeah. <laughs> Chex Quest was literally 
Chex's Quest was literally made on the same engine as as Doom. It's not just a Doom clone. It is a Doom clone. It's a Doom clone with cute, cuddly breakfast cereal people. That's pretty hilarious. So that brings us to the now. I've rambled for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes about development of Doom and all the crap, not crap, all the good things that it brought to us. So what do you feel Doom gave to the world, Rob? I feel that it kind of was the, well, it, I feel that it introduced the horde genre, you know, a large mass of enemies coming at you and ammo conservation, things of that nature. Um, if not started, it definitely revolutionized it. Um, I mean, seeing demons in video games, it obviously was one of the first to do that, which is pretty important. But beyond that, I I don't really know. I mean, there was no real plot. There was nothing that really, other than just going, point and shoot and run around, there was nothing to draw you in. That's it's true. fun, but I, 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 it's honestly, I'm. It's weird that it has the lasting effects that it did, to me at least. I mean, wow. I didn't grow up with the game, but you know, that's just from an outside perspective. I, I couldn't. I don't know. Well, we talked about Pac-Man last week. Pac-Man is incredibly simple. There's hardly any story to Pac-Man two, and yet it has the staying power to still be talked about forty years later. What makes this so different? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, no, I I think that it appeals to less people because of the violence, but you know, you you bring up a good point that because of you know the nostalgia being there playing it when it first is coming out, you're gonna have that love of it, and you know, it's if you were really into that blood and gore genre, you were really gonna be into it for the long haul. I don't know about that. I mean, let's 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 compare it to the same concepts, right? What did we say made Pac-Man so enjoyable? Simplicity, the fact that it was for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it was simple, right? It was simple in a way that made it fun. So let's take that. We look at the core of Doom. What's the core of Doom? You just run you around just, and shoot stuff. Yeah, you run around and shoot stuff. I mean, let's be honest. We still do that all the time. You you play Rainbow Six Siege constantly. I mean, look, Rainbow Six Siege is a little more strategic, right? Much more. But you you run around, and you shoot stuff, or you blow them I mean, up. I'm not really running around shooting stuff all the time, but I guess I see your point. No, I mean, I'm just saying, the thing that makes it so appealing is that it was a satisfying gameplay loop. If if running around shooting stuff wasn't satisfying and fun, if we didn't want to get to bigger enemies and bigger guns, so we wouldn't have pushed ahead, and, and that's it. Running and gunning is fun, period. That's what makes it an enjoyable game. But that's how you and I feel, Rob. How did people feel when Doom first came out? I I sent you a couple of reviews back from 93 and 94, did I not? That you did. So let's talk about that. Tell us, the listening audience, how Doom was received back 27 years ago. All right, so... Computer Gaming World reviewed the DOS version of the game. They said that Doom is a virtuoso performance, stunning graphics, pulse-pounding sound, intense gameplay, and multiplayer mayhem combined to form what is probably the best action game to date. Though squeamish about intense violence, dark undertones, and mangled joysticks should probably look for more pedestrian fare. 
However, hot-blooded players looking to have the time of their gaming lives are simply going to love Doom. All right, so let's talk about that for a second, right? Because with every game that we review, we have to we struggle to take ourselves out out of it because we've got 20 plus years of of gaming technology progression to compare it against, right? Yep. So nowadays would we call it stunning graphics? Uh by no means. Pulse pounding sound? I mean, the soundtrack was pretty killer, but, you know, it was the best they could do with the technology they had, so yeah. it's still kind of electronic-y. Intense gameplay? I mean, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And multiplayer mayhem, neither one of us really have experience. No, none with that. But, you know, pulse-pounding sound and intense gameplay, we're not going to take that away. And that's the kind of stuff that, that holds true that holds true through the years, right? Right. So I want to look back at going back to 1994 to a review that was in Electronic Entertainment Magazine. Electronic Entertainment Magazine had an article in which they write, like its forerunner, which they're talking about Wolfenstein, Doom sets you in a 3D first-person perspective that puts you behind a virtual camera. You see no more of your character than a hand holding a weapon. And like Wolfenstein, Doom depends on ultra-smooth graphics, detailed no less for its ambient. Doom's different, though. Thanks to the low ceilings in the corridors, some dim, film-noir-style lighting, this place is claustrophobic, scary around the edges, and if the PC came with scratch-and-sniff cards, it would probably smell like a damp basement with a dead cat in a corner. Wow, that's a vision. <laughs> it can't help but give you the creeps. And that's even without all the gruesome-looking aliens possessed humans that hide around corners, behind doors, and in the shadows. As since it runs in your network, assuming your office allows after-hours entertainment on the wire, as many as four can play cooperatively in a no-holds-barred deathmatch. <laughs> it knows action, but it doesn't mess much with story. You're stalking the halls and rooms of a futuristic station on a moon of Mars, thinking only of staying alive blowing away the bad guys and scooping up more ammo in that order. So, I mean, they kind of have it, don't they? Oh, that's almost to a T. <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating because they bring up if your your uh, office allows after-hours entertainment on the wire. You know, back then, the internet was still in its infancy, so this game got mostly played on networks in schools and offices. And I found an article back from the 90s in, in which it talks about the insane amount of productivity that was lost because people were caught playing Doom on office computers, <laughs> which is something that doesn't happen at all anymore. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. We have computers everywhere, but no one really t plays games at work. That's kind of not a thing. I don't think it's a thing. Is it a thing? I mean, I guess it would really depend on where you work and, like, the leniency of, like, the department, but I don't see it. I mean, I work in a field that's kind of pretty businessy until you go and drink, so. All right. Well, what's the next review we have to share, Rob? Next up, we have a review from Computer and Video Games Magazine from 1994. They said that there have been several recent 3D action games on PC. Terminator Rampage, and the 3D parts of Jurassic Park spring to mind, but none of them are in the same league as Doom. It looks better, sounds better, plays better, and is altogether meaner, nastier, and harder than all of them put together. 
technically and visually, it's awesome. You get hours and hours of gameplay for your money. Not only that, but you can also try it out as shareware for incredulous £3.75 first. And the action is incredibly intense. So there you go. They thought it was better, no meaner, nastier, and harder than Terminator Rampage and Jurassic Park. I don't remember either of those games, to be honest with you. I never played them, nor knew they were games. So not everybody liked Doom, though, did they? No, there were absolutely negative reviews as well. Such as what? We have a negative review from Edge Magazine, in which it's stated that it's just a shame that the number of enemies is fairly limited. After a while, the multi-pump-action blood-spraying demise of yet another pink monster is only marginally satisfying. If whenever you turned a corner, you could be met by some new, more grotesquely deformed creature than the last, then at least Doom could boast that it had replaced gameplay with real horror. As it is, once the power of Doom's graphics have worn off, they're amazing, so give that at least a week or two. You'll be longing for something new in this game. If only you could talk to these creatures, then perhaps you could try and make friends with them. Form alliances? Now that would be interesting. I don't know. I I guess they just wanted more. They weren't in the mood for a running gun for person shooter. Uh, Ed, whoever wrote this article for Edge Magazine wanted more. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, what, what's what's funny about this is that the game outlived Edge Magazine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've never even heard of Edge Magazine, if we're yeah, being honest. Yeah, exactly. So, well, you know. Most of the negative reviews kind of said the same thing, that it was repetitive and that it went over and over and over. So I guess it's just not for everybody. But it was for a lot of people, and users also loved the game. Apo here writes, Doom's level design was very original and beautiful. First time ever, the game designers had the freedom to truly express themselves. Doom starts off from a run-over space military complex on the moon of Mars, gradually degenerating from ultra-modern claustrophobic computer hallways and hellish cit- to hellish citadels, built from living flesh and furnished with dead bodies. That's quite a picture, isn't it? Oh, it is. The wall textures that were mostly based on actual photos are very beautiful. The artists of Doom clearly placed every single pixel with care. <laughs> Some of this detail is sadly lost uh, with VGA resolution. Still, Doom's texture art is very beautiful, something that many modern games lack. I actually wasn't aware that the uh, background of Doom was based on real photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, The wall textures were based on photos. Yeah, I, I didn't realize the wall textures were photos. That's actually really interesting. Well, that's how the wads were made. I mean, yeah. Hmm. What? St- Mr. Daniels here writes, Obviously, the first thing that made Doom such a great game for me is its gameplay. Of course, on paper, it doesn't say much. You go from point A to point B, killing everything in sight and collecting keys, and you rinse and repeat for as long as the game goes. But it is that particular simplicity that contributes to its great gameplay. It is a pure, non-nonsense, high-octane action all the way through. A variety of weapons, enemies, and levels that will keep you entertained till the very end. So there you go. We've, We've been talking about it. I think that gentleman put it very succinctly, don't you? I would agree. I mean, that's it. Doom is just fun. There's no frills. And here we are some years later, and it's still, it's still, people are still playing it. There's Doom ports on, well, 
let's let's separate the fact that we have modern Doom games, right? Uh, we have Doom ports in all the modern systems. There's Doom ports on the Xboxes. There's there's did they bring the original Doom to Switch? I can't remember if they they brought the new Dooms to Switch, but I don't know if they brought the old Dooms to Switch. Haven't checked, so I wouldn't know. Here on Steam, we've got the Ultimate Doom, which is a modern-ish port in which it has all four episodes of Doom. And it's really fascinating because if we look here at modern Doom, our Ultimate Doom, we get some reviews that kind of help us see what Doom is like through a modern lens. So, Rob, why don't you take a look and share with the audience one of the modern reviews I sent to you. Okay, Dave. So first up, we have Lex, who writes that Doom is such a classic and the gameplay is just amazing. Even some of the games that come out today don't have such a satisfying FPS combat. Even though it's an old game, it's really amusing, and I think everyone should give it a go. Fair. Fair. How about that? Uh, absolutely. So next up, user Star writes that it's a heartwarming story about a missionary who visits an atheist communist to purify them through the power of the Lord Jesus. Great for all the family. <laughs> I mean... You're not wrong, Star, <laughs> but you're kind of wrong. Oh, he what is he? He writes more, doesn't he? That he does. He goes on to write that in all seriousness, Doom is potentially the most revolutionary game ever made. It's a true testament to the game's quality that it's still being played 27 years after the release. How many games can honestly say that about themselves? The age of this game is as irrelevant as is unnoticeable. Doom is eternal. Don't you forget that. I like the, the uh, Doom Eternal nod there. I know. It's nice. It's nicely nice. Well, you know, there's also this one from Chad Mojito who who wrote, well, they say it's a classic, so I was curious and I wanted to try it. Frankly, I was afraid it would be overrated crap that people just glorify because of all the nostalgia. But I was wrong. It's super fun to play, even by today's standards. There are plenty of difficult levels to choose from, which is great. Walk in the park or intense challenge? Your choice. Sadly, it's one of these where the fuck do I go kinds of games. I had to open the map all the time and I still got lost a lot. The game has pretty good replayability, so I guess the point is to play over and over to eventually remember the maps by heart. Bottom line, this was a pleasant surprise and I think it totally deserves the praise it, get, the praise it gets. Hell yeah. I think hell that's a, yeah. Hell yeah. I. I think I'm going to chime in there. You know, I think that's a good place to start wrapping up Doom. I agree. You know, it, it's... I've played Doom. I've played all the Dooms. I'm not even going to lie. I've played every single Doom game, uh, with the exception of probably those weird ones that were on the, the, the mobile. But all the, the 1, 2, 3, Final, Ultimate, Doom, Doom Eternal base series, I've played them all. I've enjoyed them all. I think Doom is a great series. I think Doom is something to play when you're in the mood for just shooting and we're all in that mood sometimes we don't we don't always want stories we don't always want frills or puzzles or sometimes you just want to murder stuff and i think doom is a pretty perfect game to vent in that way how about you i would have to agree you know it's not one that i myself grew up playing but i absolutely can find the joy in it and i mean even the times that i did play it i did really enjoy the game I mean, it's, you know, not the first thing I'm going to jump to all the time because normally I do want a little more involved of something. But you're right. Sometimes you just have that feeling. You just want to run and gun and clear out as many demons as you can. And what better way to do it, especially with a BFG, especially with a big fucking gun. All right. Well, 
I think that we're in alignment on Doom. It is an awesome game. It's a lot of fun. And it brought us a lot of technologies that we still use to this day. Anything you want to add? No, I think we have put this one to bed. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to the gaming question of the week. And it's a pretty simple one. You ready? Let's hear it, Dave. Are there any games that you're really bad at? (laughs) See, now, this is a great question. Is this subjective or actually bad at? It's up to you. You know, I I have feelings that I'm bad at games that are more competitive, such as Siege or Rocket League. Um, but, you know, I'd say at the same time, I'm probably actually average in those games. It's just that I'm not among the, the best of the best, so I feel like I'm bad. Um, as far as games that I'm actually bad at, you know, I do suck pretty bad at Dark Souls. You know, if it weren't for friends, I probably would never have played through the entirety of the game because I get frustrated very easily at the game. And even though I have gotten a character that can handle a lot of stuff now and gotten used to it over the time, still think I'm pretty bad at the game. What about you, Dave? I think Dark Souls kind of helped me. Your reference to Dark Souls kind of helped me answer this question. Despite the fact that I grew up in a generation in which it was the primary form of gameplay, I don't think I'm very good at games that require razor sharp reflexes. So for instance, you have those um, side-scrolling gun shooters that require really good reflexes, especially ones that were made not for Eastern or for Western audiences, but for Eastern audiences like Ikaruga or other bullet hell type games. You know the genre I'm talking about? Like Contra? Uh, Contra's not quite there. I'm thinking more like Gladius, but but ramped up to a thousand type deal. It, just the point is, is that chances are, if it requires really good reflexes, I'm not that great at it. I think I'm trash at competitive first-person shooters. I'm also perfectly average at Rocket League. I'm just not a competitive gamer. We've talked about that. But if it's a game that requires really good reflexes, I, I just don't. I'm not that. I'm not that. And I think that's why Dark Souls and I don't get along, too, because I think that requires really good muscle memory. And I don't know if I have that. That's why I really struggle with mechanics in Rocket League, too, because my muscle memory is not always there. I'm going to go with bullet bullet hell type games. That's what I'm really bad at. Huh? Oh, you know, we both tried to play that musical rhythm game OSU last week together. Uh, we were Oost. really bad at that. Yep. Oh, definitely, definitely Oost. bad at rhythm games like that. <laughs> you know, dance, dance. You, you, you're, you bring a game, great point. You know, I might be OK enough at Guitar Hero and, and Rock Band. But Dance Dance Revolution or Os, any of those move more movement based type game, I just I can't react fast enough. My body's too slow for that. That's why I'm not a runner or you know sportsman. That's why I play video games. My fingers move much faster than my body. There you go. There's the answer. That'll do it. You know, while I was doing this, my research for today's episode, I stumbled a lot of a lot of uh, articles back from '93 and '94 about Doom. It's really fascinating to take a look at them. So I'm going to post them in our show notes. Rob, if someone wanted to take a look at these articles, where could they find them? Well, Dave, these articles can be found at our website at www.memorycardlane.com. There, you may also find additional show notes, previous episodes, so little blurbs about Dave and myself, as well as links to our Patreon and other social medias. Hey, Dave. What are your social medias? 
You can find me on Twitter at David underscore is underscore wrong. There I post mostly stuff about Rocket League and when we do these episodes. So pretty easy. You, what are you doing these days? Well, Dave, I can be found playing the occasional game on Twitch at Fat B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. That's Fat Boy Rips. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, everyone, you know, we, I guess before I take it away, Rob, is there anything you'd like to add? As always, I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you're enjoying it. We hope you continue to enjoy it. If you want to hear more, you know, give us a follow, send us some messages. We'd love to hear from you. You know, this isn't just for us. This is for everyone. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from some people, get some personal experiences, because the more we have from you, the more we can engage you, the better it'll be for all. Right on, Rob. And then to piggyback off that, if you all enjoy what you're hearing, or even if you don't enjoy what you're hearing, if you take a moment and rate us and leave us comments on wherever it is that you get this podcast, we would appreciate it. We are open to feedback and criticism, and we only want to to get better. And we can't do that if we don't hear from you. So rate us. Come join our Discord and let us know what you think. We we would love to hear from you. So that'll do it for today. Next week, we're going to be taking a look back to December 17th, 1987, in which the first game in a long, long series released. It has since spawned over 50 games across multiple platforms, selling over 36 million copies between all the different games. We're going to be taking a look back at the first in a long series of science fiction video games, each starring its own set of robot characters. These robot masters would be known by all by their specialty, with names such as Bomb Man, Iceman, and Electric Man, who would work together in order to take over the world. Humanity, however, has its own protector in their unlikely hero, Mega Man. Next week, we'll be taking a look back at the first in the Mega Man series and discussing how such a critically well-received game found itself with incredibly poor sales. So much so, honestly, that it was doubtful that there were ever going to be any more games in the series. So are you curious how they overcame that little th- that little uh, bump in the road and what they did and what they changed and why we have more than 50 Mega Man games now? I hope so. We're going to be talking about those things and a few more as we take next week's trip down memory card lane.